0: I know that knowing what to do and doing what you know are two very different things but i've worked with so many people possibly just like yourself who really don't know how to plan and since we know that starting is the hardest part i want to help you right now get started on planning by explaining my planning process to you. Now, we do a deep dive into this during the ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group. We spend weeks on each part of what I'm about to share with you. But what I'm going to share with you right now, this is my planning process. You ready? First, I begin each year, and you can do this at any time. You don't need to just use a calendar year. But I begin each year with a big brain dump. I like to mind map, which is basically a visual representation with uh, bubbles and branches from each area coming out. So I get everything out of my head that I want to do over the course of the year. I often will take several days to work on this. This year, it actually took me a couple weeks to really finish this and there are a lot of different parts to this brain dump some of the parts include uh, I pick a couple themes that I want to focus on that really guide the things that I want to be doing this year I pick one or two major goals or projects and then I typically will break these into three different categories I have one for work One for home and then one for personal. And don't get caught up in where specific things go. Just the idea is that there's a place for these things. So then I decide for everything that I want to focus on this year, what am I going to focus on for the next three months? And this also means deciding what am I not going to focus on right now? So Once I identify what I'm going to focus on for the next three months, I look at that and then I ask myself, what am I going to focus on this month? I will also add what I plan on doing the following month. So once I have that done, I take a look at my goals for the month. And then when I'm planning my week, I take a look at that list that I created that has my goals for the month. And I ask myself, all right, what do I want to get done this week that's going to help me achieve my goals towards um, my monthly goals? And those are the things that are going to help me achieve my goals towards my quarterly goals. And those quarterly goals is what's going to help me towards my yearly goals. So... I have my week goals now I do the same thing for the day so I take a look at the day and I have a list that's for today and I pull items from the week on what I want to get done each day now if I don't get something done and often I have things left over from the day that's fine I will pull things back and forth between the week and the day and sometimes I pull things between the the week and the month that's fine. The idea is to keep updating and, and revising your tasks and your lists as you go. It is a process. So what I just shared with you is really a framework with a few of the nuances, but really what you just heard was the 1000 foot view of how I do my scheduling and my planning uh, for the week, the day, the week, the month, the quarter and the year. So if you would like for me to show you exactly how I do this, I want to help you get started. Join me for a two-day interactive productivity planning workshop. We're going to be walking through this entire process together. This is all online using Zoom. We're going to be doing this on Monday and Wednesday, March 27th and the 29th. It's going to be one hour session each beginning at 10.30 a.m. That's 11.30 Eastern, 8.30 Pacific. So on Monday, the 27th, I'm going to show you and we're going to work on together how to plan out your year and how to take the stuff that you want to get done this year and create your quarterly plan. Then on Wednesday, I'm going to help you plan your month, your week, and your day from The quarter. Now, if you can't make it to Monday, that's okay. You will also get value out of coming on Wednesday. Now, this is not just a typical webinar where I'm going to be explaining the process to you. This is going to be hands on, interactive, done in a webinar format. So you can attend one or both sessions. These are two free group coaching sessions, and I'm really excited about doing this. You know, I was first, my first thought about this was to uh, record videos and send them out over email. And then I, you know, I see the power of doing this uh, in my coaching groups, doing this together. And so I want to invite you to kind of have a taste of what it's like to be in the ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group. Again, to register for these free events, it's completely free. Space is limited, though. Go to erictivers.com slash events to register. That's erictivers.com slash events. I hope to see you there.
1: What do you do with the items that you have scheduled but don't have a home? What common core skills or certifications are important for doctors? A lot of people are raising concerns about loss in productivity and energy and, you know, just the draining that you feel when you are on social media. So, you know, what are some of the things that you recommend for people to cope with this?
0: ADHD Rewired Episode 159. This is the show designed for those of us with really good intentions, but a slightly wandering attention. My name is Eric Tivers. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, coach, and speaker. The website is ADHDrewired.com. We know that starting is the hardest part. So let's get started. But first, let me tell you about this. It's the second Tuesday of the month, so if you're catching this early enough on the same day this came out, you can join me today for a live Q&A. We're doing it at twelve thirty p.m. Central Time. That's ten thirty Pacific, 30 Eastern. Just go to erictippers.com/slash/events to register. And yes, today's episode is the recording of last month's live Q&A. So when you see a live Q&A episode show up in your feed, there's a good chance there's a live. Q Q&A that day. Just go to erictibberscom slash events to register. You can join us by audio or video. Just make sure you have headphones and are in a quiet location with good internet. Otherwise, you can submit your questions by text during the Q&A or when you register. And we'll try to get to as many of your questions as possible. There is a link in the show notes. Or just go to erictibbers.com/ slash Events. We'll see you there. In March 2017, ADHD Rewired celebrates three years of podcasting. Can you believe I haven't missed a week? From the podcast to the coaching group, specifically to the 174 members who have been a part of one of 16 coaching groups over eight seasons, I just want to say thank you for growing with me
1: if you want to grow beyond the podcast on the podcast you hear a lot of great ideas and you get to connect on the listening end with people if you want to go beyond that and you have a desire to connect with people who share your same struggles and you want to put those great ideas in place in a way where you're going to have the most success then sign up for the coaching group because it'll totally change your life it'll move you forward and
2: it's absolutely worth it
0: come grow with us this spring Go to coachingrewired.com and let me know you want to get your ADHD rewired. That's coachingrewired.com. Welcome to another Q&A live. Um, we are here in the Zoom webinar room. Um, I know a number of you have submitted questions ahead of time. Um, we are, for the first time, streaming live on Facebook. Um, so I am going to attempt to simultaneously monitor uh, that is going, how that's going and any uh, uh, stuff that's going on there, um, as well as here in the live webinar room. Uh, joining me is Nisha as always um, who is uh, just doing some stuff in the background right now um, I know you can't see her on the live stream but you certainly can in the uh, in the zoom uh, webinar room and people are starting to uh, come into the room so I'm super excited to uh to do this and to uh, you know we do this once a month we do this every, tuesday the second tuesday of the month at 12 30 p.m um so if you are catching this right now on the live uh, live stream you can join us in the zoom room at uh, go to erictivers.com slash events to register for it so if some of you have submitted questions ahead of time so, um, you know, we've had a lot of questions. Uh, every time we do this, we aren't even able to answer all of the questions, but we are hoping to answer as many questions uh, as possible uh, today. So I know that um, one of the our, the viewers right now, um, Tom Nardone, supposedly has a, a question Um and so, Tom, just let me know in the chat if you are ready to uh, to ask your question. You can be our very first uh, person who we are inviting onto the Q and A to uh, to answer your questions about. Uh, I know it seems weird to see to say that I'm going to answer a question for Tom Nardone about productivity, um, but you know, stranger things have happened. So, um, Nisha, do we have any questions that uh, you've been able to to pull up?
1: Um, we have a couple of questions. So do you want to start with Tom's all important question?
0: Do you already have it or are you just waiting to, to promote him to a panelist?
1: Well, I know what he's asked. Oh, OK. A very important question. its uh, Is it true that the reason the sky is blue is because if it were green, we would not know when to stop mowing?
0: I have absolutely no response to that. So um, <laughs> Nisha, what about you?
1: Good question <laughs> you may you may want to talk about it uh, when you're ready, Tom, you can join us on video and talk about it.
0: <laughs> so I do you know there I did have a question actually um, that I got emailed uh, yesterday um, and it was from a therapist that's actually in my uh, locally in my area um, and she said she wouldn't be able to come onto the uh, the webinar uh, today. Uh, but she had a question regarding teen clients with ADHD and anxiety. Um, I know we typically focus on adults here, but I thought it would be a, a good question to still uh, uh, tackle anyways. So the question is, um, with task initiation or being a self-starter, is especially, especially hard and it results in lots of parental overfunctioning in the forms of nagging and queuing and power struggles. Uh, What specific ideas do you have for an adolescent to increase their independence in this area?" You know, it's it's a great question. And I think too, it can we can certainly apply this to adults as well. But you know, specifically for for teens, you know, one of the things to sort of keep in mind is that, you know, the the ADHD brain, when we think about ADHD, we're we talking about a neurodevelopmental delay. So the the sixteen or seventeen year old uh, teen with ADHD developmentally is really more like thirteen or fourteen. So one of the things we want to consider is would we expect this uh, this individual to do the same things as someone who is a couple years younger uh, than they are. So the other piece too, and this notion of overfunctioning, I think that is absolutely a component of um, that. That is that is present both in, with with teens and, and children and families, but as well as if, with adults. I know that there's lots of things on the the sort of the home care front that that my wife does, and that's a very uh, I acknowledge a very unbalanced relationship um, in that realm. But we look at this idea of scaffolding. What are the the supports that that can be provided so uh, so that they can access and do the things that you are expecting to do, expected to do with accommodation? Um, you know, with teens, so much of the, the struggle and the challenge is um, you know getting that buy in regarding acceptance and understanding uh, that, that help is needed. Um, and to when you're asking a question about ADHD and anxiety, um, which we know coexists uh, fairly often, it would also depends on how, how intense the anxiety is and how it's presenting itself Um, because if the anxiety is is on the higher end of moderate to high along with the adhd it's actually really important to first treat the anxiety Um, you know because anxiety also uh, can impact a lot of our executive functions as well Um, so certainly not a uh, an, an any, there's no easy solution. There's no easy answer in any question uh, here, but it's a great question, and I want to thank um, the the individual who uh, who asked that. So, um, what's our next question? And I just want to remind the people that are here in the Zoom uh, webinar that um, uh, you can ask a question in the Q and do. It looks like we do have some other questions in the chat too. Nisha, you want to field those for me?
1: Yeah so uh lucinda says what do you do with the items that you have scheduled but don't have a home for example i have a pile that needs to go in a binder or paint cans that i need to have matched or a large item to return what can i do with them until their time is on my schedule
0: can you break those down for me uh it's it's tech because uh um after I heard the second one, I had two separate ideas, and then when I had the third one, I realized I have no idea what the first one was. Um, so break those down to me. How do I? So how do you schedule um, tasks? What's the first one?
1: Um, I think I think her question. The larger point is, uh, pro, you know, tasks that don't really belong to a project, things that just keep coming to you. You know, uh, things that are broken, things that things that need fixed, things that need to be returned. Um, so what do you really do with them? How do you, where do you park them until, um, uh, it's time to act on them?
0: Sure. Okay. So, um, the first thing I would ask is, well, is it really important and does it really matter? Cause if not, I would say, I don't know, just throw it away, get rid of it, but it doesn't sound like that's what, what, uh, uh is, is being asked here, you know, so one look ask yourself, and you might not know the the exact answer, and this is one of the things that we do in our coaching groups, is asking you to sort of make predictions about how long these certain tasks will take, um, and then sort of track that so you get a better understanding of how long these tasks actually do take. So if you're able to make a, a prediction about how long this specific task takes, um, one of them was uh, something to do with paint cans. Yeah. Um, something
1: about Right, pain camps that need to be matched.
0: Okay, so you know, one break it break it down into to um, sort of sub uh, tasks and see like, what can I do. You know, there is sometimes it could be good to to sort of uh, have a a certain time of the week where you just schedule to, schedule yourself to do all of those random miscellaneous stuff that doesn't fit anywhere. And part of that too, if uh, I know for myself, I often do that on Saturdays or Sundays. Your brain sort of anticipates, okay. This is the hour or two hours in the week that I am doing all the random kind of odds and end projects. I also know for me that it helps me to sort of know sort of leading into the weekend, like during the week that this is a project that that I'm going to be tackling because you know when I'm once I'm in the weekend and I'm just kind of you know doing the weekend thing and then it's when the to list comes in and it's like oh I got to do this and it's like oh, I don't really want to do that and it feels like it's really big project even though I know it's really not but it's more that transition uh, uh, challenge that you're being faced with a a project that you weren't anticipating having to do and now suddenly you have to do it. So sort of looking at it ahead of time. Um, and so if you scheduled a, an hour two hours a, a week to go through and do those sort of odds and ends, um, that's certainly a, a strategy. If you're putting off certain things, you can give yourself, schedule 15 minutes to just start on a task, or even five minutes to just start on a task. You know, so often the biggest barrier we have to to these kinds of things is getting started. And so I think that, that starting... Really is the hardest part. So making that that entry point uh, is as easy as possible, um, and then I think you'll see sort of what goes from there. Uh, that it's easier to sort of continue on from there. Was there any part of that question that I didn't answer?
1: Um, I think you mentioned about scheduling it. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, you know. I also want to add about um, if it's really important that it get done at a particular time, then you also want to add a visual reminder. Um, whether that's, you know, putting a sticky note for every such random task that's out there or getting into a practice of looking at that list, um, throughout the week. So you're kind of psyched up for Saturday morning or Sunday morning, which is when you get to these tasks. Um, I think psyched yeah, up
0: might be a, uh, an oversell, um, at least prepared your brain's ready for it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, depending on the payoff, right? So, for example, I had a new mattress that I wanted to get set up, and the payoff was very high, so I was pretty psyched up for it.
0: <laughs> there you go, absolutely. Um, you know, one um, of the things too that I will sometimes do on my calendar, um, you know, we all had those uh, that the, the keyboard within on our iPhones or on our smartphones that you had the little symbols and icons, like there. You know, if there's a if I need to take my car in or something, um, I'll add a little car symbol in the calendar. just something that. So when I make a quick glance at my calendar, I could my brain can interpret that information really, really quickly. Um, And it does. It just helps us prepare and anticipate when we are ready for it.
1: Awesome. So the next question is um, from Scott and he asks uh, how he wants to know how to select a doctor what common core skills or certifications are important for doctors
0: uh i'm, a, I'm assuming this means like sort of doctor regarding adhd or mm-hmm. adhd okay
1: doctor, yes. okay Sorry. um
0: well if you're looking for someone to manage medication um uh, certainly that they are a doctor um and they don't, they don't they don't just play a doctor on tv or on a podcast um Finding someone who specializes in ADHD can certainly be a challenge. So there's a couple things to sort of uh, uh, explore. One, look at at resource directories like you know on, on Chad's website, on Ada's website. Um, you know, so some of these these uh, resource directories. Now, it's also important to know that these resource directories, um, professionals will pay a listing fee to be added to that. But I think that also um, is is. Um, it's not a bad thing because it says that this doctor has a invested interest in serving the ADHD community. So um, asking questions about, you know, h- how, what percentage of your practice um, uh, do you treat that has ADHD? Um, asking questions and be about uh, latest trainings or, or uh, um, conferences they've been to around uh, ADHD. Um, and so I think asking some of those questions are important. Now, we also know doctors can be very busy, so sometimes you might not be able to ask these questions until your first appointment, um, which sort of just creates a lot more steps. Um, but I think when we're looking at developing, uh, finding a doctor to help with, with uh, medication management, I think it's important to look at, at this is a, hopefully a, a long-term relationship that a doctor can sort of help and follow you and, and guide you through the process. So it it is worth, I think, the extra steps albeit difficult, um, you know, especially if you don't currently have medication because it's like we need the medication to do all the steps that I'm suggesting. Um, so it's it's a it's a complex question. I know that there's so many barriers uh, uh, for us for getting a prescription. I um, mean, and that's, I get very upset by that because I look at that at, at there's these, a lot of unnecessary hurdles that we have to go through um, because there's a big, there's, there's a lot of misunderstanding about ADHD. Um, just recently, there was a, uh, um in in Georgia, there was a, a bill that that was uh, put out there to make patients to get their their refills every five days. Um, fortunately, uh, Chad, their their um, their advocacy arm uh, was able to uh, to work with the legislation there and get that uh, the bill amended because um, it was being grouped into the opiates, uh, the opiate drug category. Um, so I just think that there's and I just say that, you know, I understand it's slightly tangential. But I'm just saying that I understand that there's a lot of barriers to it. Um, but probably the best way is ask people, like find out who lives in your area and get a word of mouth recommendation. That's that's always, I think, the the best uh, way to go if you're looking for a, a highly skilled and trained uh, professional.
1: All right. So the next question um, is uh, from Chris and it's about controlling emotions and anger management. What techniques or hacks or strategies
0: do you use um for that you know it's it's a really good question um because in the the dsm emotional self-regulation isn't really part of the core features however every adhd expert uh argues that it absolutely should be um because if we think about emotional self-regulation as an executive function. And if we understand executive functioning as those, those goal oriented um, behaviors and, and cognitive functions that allow us to sort of put our intentions out into the world in order for a result to come back to us. Right. So if an executive function is task initiation, right, it's like we have to start something because we're hoping for a result. If our, the executive function is working memory, we have to hold on to information so we can can then process something again so we can have a, a result that comes back to us. If we look at this, the realm of emotional self-regulation and um, in, in ADHD, we see a couple this play out in a couple of different ways. One is that the the sort of the, the, is that there is that maybe a hair trigger response to certain emotional responses. Mm-hmm. And then it, all of those those cognitive capacities that allow us to sort of uh, um, down regulate, meaning, all right. So I'm feeling frustrated, being able to take a step back, think uh, calmly and logically is often impaired of people with ADHD. Right. You know, ADHD really is a spectrum disorder because there are people who are, you know, more on the high end of sort of emotional uh dysregulation and those on the lower end um so understanding that uh when your brain sort of gets hijacked by this sort of emotional flood in in a situation um the most important thing probably to do and so something that i say and i don't get angry very often i'm a pretty even keel person but when i do get angry because i i get angry um I know that I'm not safe for human consumption, right? So I just I go remove myself because I know that I would say things that I will regret saying, um, and uh, and then I'm, I feel really lousy about myself for doing that. So I think the the a couple of things is one recognize sort of what your triggers are, understand what are the the sort of early warning signs when you sort of feel yourself getting getting flooded. Right, and being able to um, sort of initiate that pause button—you know—the the power of that pause is so important. That's that's the difference between you know us, you know, yelling at someone that we we really care about to saying, you know, hold on, I feel myself getting emotional here. Um, let, let me let me take five. Or let me take ten minutes, and then let's let's revisit this. So I think any time you're feeling emotional, any time you're feeling this sense of like urgency, this something needs to be done right now. I think it's so important to pause, right? Because especially if there's a pattern of that. If you have a pattern of that, you can then look at data of your of yourself and say, you know what? Almost every time that I feel this way, like it really isn't an emergency. My brain just thinks it is. And and the best thing for me to do is sort of take that step back um, uh, to to recognize it. The other piece is is. Intense cardio exercise. If, if you're someone who has intense emotion, um, and it's and it's impairing sort of your your day to day functioning, it's impairing your your work relationships, your personal relationships. Because um, I always uh, recommend that that cardio exercise be a part of the ADHD treatment plan. I think that if emotional self regulation is is one of the core sort of challenging features, um, that that really looking at intensive. Uh, exercise, also adding a a, a meditation uh, practice, um, you know, so really focusing on a lot of those issues of self care. Um, of course, also working with a, a professional is helpful. Working with a therapist, um, and uh, you know, let's focusing on other other self-care issues related to sleep, um, and then also look talking to your doctor. And it's because it's possible um, that if, if emotional, sort of self-regulation, if there's a lot of emotionality, um, that there could be other coexisting disorders that sort of come along with ADHD. Um, so it, I think that's important to also rule those things out uh, as well. So I hope that answers uh, your question.
1: And I'd also like to add hunger and staying hydrated, those two things can very quickly take you from zero to sixty if you don't watch out when it comes to getting angry. Um, all right. So the next question is from Adam, and it's about goal setting. How do you set goals when you don't know what you want?
0: Well, oh, I like this question. Okay. So I'm going to answer in a couple of different ways. So. Um, I wish I could have just like visual thought bubbles that like pop up over my head as I'm processing your question. So you could see like the 40 thoughts that happened all at the same time while I'm like thinking about responding to this question. So how do you set goals when you really don't know what you want? Um, well, I think one is looking at what's currently sort of on your plate. Um, get everything, all your responsibilities, all the things that you currently have going on, get it out of your head. Right. Um, and then you can sort of break apart right? what don't I like about what is going on um, and do the same thing for what you do want. You can look at um, uh, things that have in the past maybe brought you a lot of joy or been really rewarding for you or exciting for you. And think about what are the things that, um, in those situations, what was it about those things that were really sort of exciting for you, that really sort of energized you? Um, I do think that we all have those things. I think sometimes we have sort of pushed those things away, especially as we've gotten older and have had to do this whole adulting thing. I remember, I think it was two or three years ago, I'm... In my former life, and I'm bringing, I'm, re, I'm rebirthing this part of, of me as as a musician, right? So I used to, I used to say that in my former life I was a musician, right? And because I, I've gotten very busy with work and, and and building my business and family, that you know it's it almost became a small hobby for me, where I, there was a point in time where I was really strongly considering um, playing music professionally, right? Mm-hmm. So a couple of years ago, I it uh, was at the the Ada conference. I think it was like two or three years ago. Uh, There's a video floating around there on YouTube somewhere, and I it, it was this it was intoxicating. Like the 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 joy that I had from it, it, it swept over me and lasted with me for a long time. And then that I think it was the whole sort of next year. One of the themes that I had for myself um, for the year was play. Now, I didn't do a lot with that. It was one of those things of like, okay, I, I need to be spending more time sort of playing um, because I also think that that's important for productivity. Um, but I really didn't do much with it. And I know that if I look at the last year, the one thing that I did that I had really the most fun uh at the entire year was going to see fish at Wrigley field. And it was like, I I was like reminded of how much I love doing stuff like that. So then this year, when I was beginning to plan my, my goals for 2017, I changed that theme of play to music and that became more specific for me. And then, so now I'm doing actionable things, um, uh, in regards to music, like I, I'm, I'm practicing. I'm actually re sort of teaching myself guitar. Cause pianos, I made instruments. Uh, I'm playing that since I could reach the keys. Um, but I'm really, I really want to learn guitar in the same way that I play piano. Um, so I've been practicing I'm playing uh, three days a week now um, since uh, since the start of our, our the beginning of our last coaching session. Uh, I've been doing that. Um, so really, sort of honing in on what has brought you the most amount of joy i think it's so important before we look forward to look back right and and to see um what what kind of energized us um and go from there and you know and it it may be that there's not just one thing Um, i think it's one of the the i think great and challenging things about having adhd is that we there's Often so many things that we might be interested in and want to pursue uh, that it's hard to sort of choose what we want to do. Um, And in that case, you can, you know, sort of take turns with stuff. You can say that this year I'm going to do, you know, say this is the year I'm going to be focusing on playing guitar. Right. And then if I have these other ideas, I would put sort of in my annual planning to revisit um, the other things that I want to do, but that I chose not to do uh, during that sort of period of time. Um, so yeah, I, I know it's so, sort of that self exploration piece is is challenging. Um, but I would also say, don't let anxiety hold you back. You know, because if you're going to pursue something that you've been thinking about doing, you know, fear, self doubt, like those are things that are designed to keep us safe, sort of, right? But you know, it's go talk to go talk to the elderly. You know, it's like talking to, to people who are in their 80s and 90s, you know, it's a fairly universal thing that, that they'll share is that like the things that you want to do when you're young, don't wait to do it. You know, take those chances because um, we're, we're going to have regrets at the end of our lives. If we don't do those things that, that we really felt like we, we ought to be doing, um, you know, so I, I wish you luck with whatever you pursue. Um, and you know, it's, it's, there's no right decision. just, but move forward and take a chance.
1: Awesome. Okay, our next question is from Aziz uh, about, it's, it's an incomplete question, but I think wh- I know where he's going. Chess is one of we, the few we, things. We speak
0: ADHD. We, we, we can finish yeah. people's thoughts.
1: <laughs> also, because having worked with so many people now, you know, you know what exactly, the, where exactly the question is going, right? Um, chess is one of the few things I'm able to hyper-focus on. However, I play chess compulsively more or less every day. How do i I'm guessing disengage from playing it when you're in the midst of hyper focusing
0: um so I'm going to first begin this response with a total sort of tangential thought about uh, part of this question, which is not the point of this question. Um, I have tried so many times to learn how to play chess, and I just have this like mental block to it like i've had I've had clients try to teach me um i I, I don't know what it is. Like I like this concept of this game where you can f- think multiple moves ahead. Like in a lot of ways, I'm good at doing that. But when it comes to chess, I I, I don't know what it is. Okay. So back to the the, the actual question that we think uh, he's asking. When you are sort of doing something that you love to do, your brain is getting so much dopamine um, and it's that it's not used to getting. Now in ADHD, one of the challenges is that our brain doesn't sort of regulate the flow of dopamine and dopamine is that neurotransmitter. It's a, it's that, that thing that is, it's a rewarding uh, neurotransmitter. It's a thing that feels good. In all mammals, we are dopamine seeking creatures, right? Like we like to do stuff that, uh, that feels good. Dopamine is also involved in learning, right? And when we are, when we are bored, our sort of dopamine sort of, uh, um, sort of flushes out and it, it can be a, a, truly a painful experience. I mean, I I know for myself, like boredom is hard, right? It, it hurt, Boredom hurts. So when you're engaged in something that you enjoy, it really can be hard. So some of the things that I would look at is when can you uh, play chess um, or whatever your sort of thing is, can you do it? Um, and, and lead it into something where there is a, a natural sort of hard stop. So do you have a scheduled uh, uh, meeting that maybe someone's coming to to your place uh, to have that meeting? Or um, is there a place that you have to be at a certain time where you can stop? The other piece is use accountability. If you know that you want to sort of get into a, uh, into doing that special interest that you have, whether it's chess or something else, let somebody know that, hey, I'm going to I'm going to do this thing for the next uh, couple hours. If you don't hear from me by, say, like, two o'clock, will you will you message me? Um, and if I don't respond to your message, will you call me and, and do everything else possible to try to get my attention? Um So I think there's a lot of different sort of ways to go about it. I think one, understanding that stopping is hard. You know, we say that starting is the hardest part. Stopping is also the hardest part. I know that you can't have two hardest parts, but it's my thing. So I say you can. Um, So just acknowledge and and understand the challenge of it. The other thing is looking at um, what time are you doing this? You know, when I'm doing like any kind of uh, graphic design stuff or audio or video editing, when I'm doing it in the evening, like it's way harder for me to stop um, versus when I'm doing it in the afternoon. Um, so, there's, I mean, there's so many sort of different aspects to that. But I hope that that um, that answer helps uh, at least somewhat. Come join us for ADHD Rewired ninth season of online group coaching and accountability. Our spring 2017 sessions are April 24th through June 30th. Go to coachingrewired.com now and schedule your registration interview. Registration is March 27th through April 4th. But if you go now and reserve your spot and you see availability on any Tuesday or Thursday before March 24th, grab it. And if you do, mention the promo code REWIRED100 for $100 off registration. Don't let another season pass you by. If you're ready to grow, then go to coachingrewired.com for more information and to schedule your call. That's coachingrewired.com.
1: So Tom decided he's not going to join us on video, but he had a question. He had a question about uh, using Alexa um, as it relates to ADHD. How can you use Alexa? And he, he said smart home too. I don't know what smart home is, but. I'm guessing it's one of those contraptions that recognizes your voice and
0: And and I and I don't have Alexa, um so uh I, I don't I can't speak from experience. I know that that, and I'm hearing a lot of people in the ADHD community are really talk about how they really like it. Um, from what I understand, it's voice the voice recognition that Alexa has is um, much better than Siri. Um, and then the whole idea of a smart home integration is where you can have these uh, uh, wireless, uh, these all these sort of uh, uh, your appliances from light bulbs to, to garage doors to to your locks to uh, TV, you know all these things connected to Alexa. So you can really control your home uh, by voice. So there really is no reason now to have to get off the couch ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I, mean, I, I think that, and I know that there's more, more and more integrations now coming with Alexa, where you can like ask Alexa, like uh, what, what appointments do you have? Um, you can read your email to you, but you can also do this with, with Siri as well um so it's uh, it's a device that i've been looking at and thinking about for a while um i just have like images of like never being able to talk to my son again because he would just be busy talking to alexa the entire day um because he tries to do that with my phone whenever he, whenever he grabs a hold of it um so yeah it's uh if tom if you have any um uh things that you can share with us because i know that you do have alexa um apparently
1: to... apparently i misunderstood uh, he okay so i'm gonna bump up tom as a a panelist because he said that's okay.
0: Awesome. Returning um, to ADHD rewired for the first time in like 50 some episodes. Also, if you are uh, watching this on Facebook, whether live or you're watching it via replay, uh, go ahead and share this um, on your page or with uh, somebody else that you think might be interested uh, in this. All right, Tom, we are promoting you to a panelist. Hopefully you are wearing clothing. Tom Nardone, how are you? Oh,
2: good, good, man.
0: Wait, you're not in the studio? What's going on?
2: I was just down here listening to you guys. I don't... It's too complicated up there. I have it rigged up for... It's in gaming mode right now. I have to switch mode.
0: So my, my point exactly, so Alexa has, has enabled it so Tom do' never has to get off the couch again. I get off the couch far less. <laughs> so, you're, so you're not denying this. I mean,
2: sometimes if I have to turn up the volume on it, if it's across the room, I have to get up. Now, um... No, I, I don't know if you saw the video I posted on Nisha's uh, thing um, when I, I asked Alexa about what I had going on today. Did you see it? Or you got your own stuff and had to put that as a priority. I don't know if it will do it now. The time's already passed. But just
0: um, so tell us what you did.
2: Well, when you're when you're um, when the post came in and it, I clicked on the time, you know I was able to. You know you can add it to your Google Calendar really mm-hmm. easy. Well, if, if I ask Alexa, you know, what do I have going on today? You know, she'll actually read off what's on the calendar, up to five things. And if you want her to go further, you can say yes, and then she will or no, and then she'll shut up. And she did not pronounce your name Tivers.
0: That's awesome. And yeah, she
2: did say Tivers.
0: Most uh, most restaurant guest lists and uh, and automated things. Although whenever I have, because uh, I use uh uh, uh Text to speech to um, when I'm editing my own writing. That way, I can sort of catch errors and, and like words that I've written twice and stuff like that. Um, whenever I have it set for the, like, the the British accent, which I often do, I have a thing about British accents. I guess um, it does pronounce it Tivers, but then like so, it's when it's reading my my signature, then it will say Tivers Clinical Specialities. So I don't know why, and that was a horrible accent. So um, I just I enjoy listening to them. I didn't say I'm good at them. How else do you use Alexa?
2: Every day. Hey, uh, let me. I uh, just check this one out, all right? Watch this. Alexa, ask Tracker to ring my phone.
0: I asked your phone to start
2: ringing.
0: Oh, you know. Does it help to turn the phone on?
2: No, oh, it's on. Alexa, take my...
0: Or did I interrupt Alexa? You can say, ask
2: Tracker to find my phone, or if you have not enabled this skill. I've been. Please visit Hold the on. Alexa, I knew it. I need. <laughs> Alexa, <laughs> ask Tracker to find my phone. Your phone was last seen at, or somewhere new. Putting one that home at a
1: place called Simpsonville. Shall I ring it for you?
0: Yes. Mm. Sorry. I'm having trouble. <laughs> every time, every time when you and I talk, you're like, you got to see what Alexa can do. And then you try to show it off and it's like, it doesn't do it. You just tell me it can do
1: performance anxiety, right?
2: Sometimes when you enable a skill though, it, uh, it takes it a minute or two before it can, uh, before it'll actually do it. And I, in my defense, I did, uh, Uh, while the beginning of this thing, I was just kind of finishing uh, setting it up. So it hadn't been, but I don't understand. It worked. It worked great. So,
0: but but clearly we can see the application there. So when you can't find your phone, which I think that probably a lot of us have that struggle.
2: Located. She told me where the, where it was, you know, geographically, but as far as uh, ringing it, it didn't, it didn't ring. Uh, Anyway, but the, uh, You know, one of the, uh, and you'd actually turn me on to that uh, Mm -hmm. ifttt.com, there's like a ton of applications with uh, smartphones. And if if you, uh, I mean, if you have money to burn and, you know, don't mind spending $200 on three light bulbs, uh, you know, like. Did you say
0: $200 for three light bulbs?
2: Two lights. You ever heard of them?
0: Yeah. Yeah. The hue lights. Absolutely.
2: Like one of the number one stolen things at home Depot, but anyway, um, well, it's
0: maybe because they're a hundred dollars. I don't know.
2: (laughs) And I'm sure it's for that. Um, You know, you can go with, with IFTT, you can like go and set it for, so if you have a, a doctor's appointment, you know, you can actually set it for the day and on that, on that day or say on the day before your appointment, you know, your hue lights will be flashing green until you, Acknowledge. so you know green is doctor's appointment you can have it flash you can have it flash red every tuesday night at eight o'clock well then you know it's time to take out the garbage because tuesday is garbage day
0: that's actually pretty awesome
2: these kind of things and and you know and that's what a smart home is It's, it's when it your home just because you you obviously have to tell it but when it behaves in a way that um You know, that it helps you, but you don't have to be involved with the process.
0: So let me ask you this. Is there a way that, because it sounds like what you're saying that I want to make sure I understand. Is there a way where you can uh, set it up where you have to take an action to make something stop?
2: Well, I mean, yeah, like an alarm. You have to acknowledge an alarm. Uh, uh, And and some things are and some things there aren't. I mean, you can, there's tons of things that you can do with the, 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 hue lights and the colors and, but as far and I'm not exactly sure about, um, I'm actually, I actually wrote a letter to them, uh, telling them I worked at Home Depot and sold their products, but my wife wouldn't let me buy them. But I felt like if I had them, I could be a better salesman for them. So if they would just send me one for free, it would probably help them in the long run. Now, that we'll is, see. How-
0: that is brilliant.
2: Well, it is, but it won't work. But it was fun, and it makes me feel better than I. I, I did. And he actually sent it.
1: Did like you, you? Did you tell them you have a podcast?
2: Happens. We'll see what happens.
0: Tom, you should did tell you them. You should the- tell them about your podcast, and then see if yeah. you, they they will sponsor your podcast. Yeah, that'll
2: be fantastic. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah.
1: Basically, this can be really uh, applicable in like to conserve your executive functioning, right? Um, you know, if you want Alexa to play music instead of going into your laptop and getting lost on, you know, the different screens before you finally realize that, oh yeah, I came here to play some music. Um, so I guess you can conserve your executive functioning by using stuff like this.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure what an executive uh, function is exactly, but um, but I. I as far as that goes, it is a lot easier just to, to, to you know, when I do listen to music I, at home, I always use the Alexa now. I have my, my playlist set up on on Amazon, and I just say, you know, play this playlist, and, and it it's really cool. And as far as the, you know, here's the thing, though. One thing I will say is that the Dot and the Echo, you know, the Dot's the little cheap one that's small. They're both exactly the same. But one, that, one is – one is of no real benefit over the other, except that the Echo has the built-in speaker. It's a really good sounding speaker, and the Dot has a, a kind of a crappy speaker, but it's not that bad. Um, you can hook it up to your stereo. Oh,
0: cool.
2: You can't hook the Echo up to your stereo. And where the Echo is a Bluetooth speaker, meaning I can use it as a Bluetooth speaker, the Dot um, will reach out to a Bluetooth speaker, you know, as opposed to becoming one.
0: Awesome. Tom, thank you so much for uh, for hopping in and awesome putting on your finest hat. Uh we, we do appreciate it. Um awesome. All right. Good to see you. All right, let's go to our next question.
1: All right. So this one uh wasn't submitted, but it was discussed in the community. And uh, um it just it's very pertinent to the time. Right now we spend a, an inordinate amount of time on Facebook or social media of any kind and you know a lot of people talk about if they weren't already talking about it now a lot of people are raising concerns about loss in productivity and energy and you know just the draining that you feel when you are on social media so you know what are some of the things that you recommend for people to cope with this?
0: Um, Well I think a couple things one uh, looking at some of the, the tools that are actually out there um, you know, we can use technology to combat technology, right? Um things like uh uh focus at will is a, a not focus at will. Um I'm confusing that with something else. Uh, what am I thinking of?
1: Rescue time?
0: Yes, I think that's the one <laughs> I was thinking of. Focus at will is that the music uh service. Um rescue time, um uh what's the other one that blocks the uh forest. Uh, well, forest is the one that it's like that gamified thing for your phone mm-hmm. where you, uh, uh, you, you set ahead of time what um, uh, how long you want to be off the, the Internet um, and off your phone, I think. And so the idea is you want to grow this forest. But if you like open up your phone, you, you're going to kill your forest. Um, so this is sort of gamified um, uh, aspect to it. Um, there is what, what's the other one that blocks the Internet? I'm totally blanking on the name right now. Uh freedom. Thank you. That's that's the one. Focus at will, freedom. Both Fs. I'm going with that. Yep. So yeah, freedom. You can block the internet. And I, I know there's a bunch of, of services that also do this. Um, there's also a plugin that you can uh, um, add. I think it if fits on all browsers, but I know at least in Chrome, um, called Facebook Purity, where you can really set like what what you see and what you don't, um, including you can like put in certain keywords and like I don't wanna see anything with this certain word um, on, my, on my 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 Facebook uh, page. Now one of the things that um, I actually learned, um, uh, I don't know, half half a year ago from a member of one of our coaching groups was that you can go, so if you wanna use Facebook Messenger and uh, you wanna talk to people online on your computer, so not on your phone, but on your computer, um, there's a website just I think it's messenger.com I, I believe that it's the entire Facebook messenger interface. It's completely separate from Facebook itself. So you can be interacting with people that you want to communicate uh, with um, without having to sort of go down the Facebook rabbit hole. Now. Some people have a sort of targeted destination that they want to go to on Facebook, say the ADHD Rewired um, uh, community or um, uh, coaching groups or, or whatever it is. And so what you don't want to do is you don't want to come into Facebook through the front door or you see your, your, your news feed, Right. You can create sort of back doors by using your bookmarks, right? So whatever is that place that you want to go to. So if it's a a certain page that you want to go to or a certain group that you want to go to, save those um, on your bookmarks so you can go directly there. Um, So uh, so those are a couple of the the strategies that I that I suggest. Um, And, you know, definitely take advantage of Internet blocking software when you need to.
1: um all right so i think scott had a question about medication i'm not sure eric you can answer um you know you can decide whether that's relevant to this discussion or not what's a good daily med to help with routine schedules and focus
0: i scott cannot answer that question um not just because i'm not a doctor uh because that's not really a a answerable question um you know Every person is going to respond differently to medications, right? We know that the, the medication uh, is the, the top treatment for ADHD. Um, we know that uh, 70 to 80% of people uh, who take medication do respond well to it. So they do have uh, positive benefits from it. Um but we also know that somewhere between five to ten percent of people don't respond well to stimulants. So um, you know, it's I think starting with stimulant medication. If you don't respond well to one medication, try a different class of stimulant medication. Um, but talk to your uh, a doctor that understands how to prescribe um, these medications because um, uh, contrary to popular belief, most people who are on ADHD medications are actually under. Prescribe like meaning they're not getting the optimal dose because doctors are often afraid to prescribe higher doses because they don't have the training in in uh and how to do that um i do have a few episodes i do not have that superpower of being able to recall which episodes they are off the top of my head but i had a it was a two-part uh a series where i had two different uh doctors um uh come on the show and these episodes were specifically for uh to give to your your treatment provider whether therapist or medical provider um so if they're willing to learn a little bit more about um adhd and and prescribing um those those uh episodes are are out there
1: so in the chat lucinda who asked us a question earlier about you know the bits and bobs tasks um said she specifically wanted to get an answer to how she should, you know, organize those tasks so that she can see them. And she said she likes her environment to be neat and clean. So she shoves it under her desk and she's not able to see it.
0: Perfect. Um, What's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at my surface space right now and I could really use some more surface space under my desk to, to put some stuff. <laughs>
1: Um, so, you know, if it's a, if you're someone who is really affected by your environment and you like for things to be neat and clean in a way, uh, you've got to see what really is more important at this point. Is, does the environment need to be neat and clean or do you need to be reminded of your task? Um, and that might change from task to task. There may be certain tasks that you really need to have front and center um, on a wall looking ugly and reminding you because that's the goal. So really, I would you know think about it. It, it really depends on uh, the task itself. If it's something that really you need to be reminded of, then I would say get a little bit uncomfortable and allow yourself to put a sticky note on a wall, however ugly it looks. Um, or you know, long term a practice of re-engaging with your list of you know those types of tasks um, on a day-to-day basis just having to look at them every day as a practice can also help. But as long as you're training to tra- training yourself to do that, I think putting a sticky note on a wall is really the best option to just have that visual reminder.
0: You know, there was a, a really good stretch of about three weeks, about a year ago that um, I was really, I, I really committed myself to, uh, to, to at the end of the day, just like declutter my desk, sort of put stuff away. And I committed to doing a maximum uh, of 10 minutes um, of just decluttering before I left my office. And then I was posting uh, uh, pictures of that to, uh, to the Facebook community. Now those three weeks, my desk was awesome. But I, I didn't keep it up. Um, so, you know, it's uh, the good and bad news of that is it's hard to keep those kinds of, of tasks up. So sort of the, the bad news of it. But the good news is to recognize like if it really is important to you, if you recognize that, you know, you're just having a really difficult time with uh, focusing with all the, the sort of that visual clutter, um, then, you know, it doing a daily sort of uh, sort of cleanup, you can do it in five minutes a day if you do it on a regular basis right uh, so it's it's and i think that we can do almost anything for five minutes right so uh, so there's certainly a lot of different strategies um you also might want to consider looking at, at hiring a professional organizer you know it might be that you need maybe a couple uh, systems sort of physical systems in place so maybe you need more drawer space or maybe you need um uh, a certain sort of queue system for for paper files um, you know, it's, so th- there are a lot of different sort of techniques and strategies to it. I think when it comes to things like, you know, the important part of decluttering and, and, and going through your piles, um, certainly a fan of the adult study halls that that we do in the coaching group because it's, uh, that's how I go through my stuff, uh, often cause it's, it's hard. I mean, I, if I do have multiple piles around me as, as we speak, um, so, yeah, I, I, I get it. But I also know that I feel so much better in my office when it's really clean and, and serene. I think what happens is we forget like how much is actually impacting us. Um, so uh, yeah, get support. Don't don't do it alone. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but if you have a big project to do, don't trick yourself into thinking that you need to like rearrange and organize your entire office. We call that pseudo productivity. I've been guilty of that so many times. That was one was one of my favorite tricks in, in college. Like, I had a paper to write. So I'm going to rearrange my furniture now because that made sense, I guess. Um, so I, I yeah, I hope that's that
1: helps. also a tendency to, you know, avoid.
0: Yeah. It's absolutely.
1: Uh, avoidance in practice when you're constantly cleaning up and, organizing because you need your pencils sharp before you can start a project. It's, you're in avoidance mode.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Do we have any more questions?
1: Well, not from this, uh, you know, we've exhausted all the questions that were asked to us, but I do have an interesting question that, you know, I've been mulling over uh, someone in one of our coaching groups asked us, um, what is self-care when you've gone so down the rabbit hole that you don't know what is self-care and you don't know, you haven't practiced it at all. How does one begin?
0: It's such a, I love this question. What is self-care? Yeah. Uh, the first, the, the immediate thought that came to my to, to, to me was self-compassion and self-kindness. Um, you know, because I think that there's the self-care that's sort of the, the thought process of how do we think about what we are doing? But then there's self care. That is the the action. Like, what? How do we actually uh, um, engage in self care? And I, and I think that that the that self compassion, that self kindness, that self acceptance, is probably really I think essential uh, for the action to take place. Because I think that if we're looking at uh, we're overwhelmed because we have so much to do. Right. So it's understandable why you might think that you should stay up extra late to get these things done, um, you know, sacrifice a sleep. Um, and then, the, you know, the next day you're you're doing this, this thing again where now you're, you're not really focused well at, at work. And so then again, you're staying up late to, to finish your work and the cycle goes on and on and on. So I think when you can recognize and say, okay, you know what, this actually isn't healthy for me. And you can say, you know what, no matter what gets done or it doesn't get done at the end of the day, like we're, we're all still worthy of love and belonging, right? Like our, our, our self-worth is not a, is not measured by how much we are actually getting done. So I think when we can sort of understand that and at least sort of uh, start embracing that, that new narrative, because that is a new narrative for a lot of people, um, and say, okay. So, if if that is the case, if I can say, okay, like I'm my my productivity is not a measure of my self worth, what does that mean now? And so, part of what that means is being okay with saying no. Um, part of what that means is accepting that you can't do something and and being okay with that. Part of that means that you have this thing that you're working on and you haven't finished it and you say, you know what, I'm going to go home and I'm going to, I'm going to go with my family and uh, get, get some good restorative sleep because those are the kinds of things that when we look at sort of the, the, what are the, those foundational things for productivity? Self-care is foundational. Like you can't circumvent uh, uh, self-care. So that's sleep, that's exercise. That's what we're eating. Um, it's acknowledging stress. Like if we, if we are feeling stressed, if we are, um, and I mean stressed by like that unhealthy stress. I mean, not all stress is bad. Like we all have stress in our life, right? That's sort of what makes us move and, and do stuff. But like when we are, are in that place where like, oh man, I, I need a break and we're not honoring that, like our, our body will have a way to make us pay attention, right? And it will be through, you know, getting sick, um, both, both physical illness and mental illness. Um, you know, so I think it's just so important to, to know that there's another narrative out there. You know, it's, it's in our culture, the, 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 the prominent narrative is that work hard, work a lot of hours. And that's this, this status symbol, right? This idea that, that exhaustion is a status symbol. Like that's, that's sick. Right. And I used to be that way. Like I used to, Think that, like, well, yeah, I, I pulled two one-liners in a row. I mean, it's like, let me tell you, when I was in college, I pulled it all weaker once. And um, if you've ever done hallucinogenics, I think it's probably pretty similar to the experience because it's it like what happens to your, your experience experiential being when you have not slept for a week. I mean, it's to say I had an automotive, automotive experience is an understatement, right? And when I started to recognize the value of sleep and how important that really was for my productivity and, uh, you know, it's sleep has always been my sort of my my Everest. I think I'm always sort of like climbing up and falling down but getting back up and really trying to work on. Once i recognized that and I went from the average four to five hours a night to um, somewhere between seven, close to eight hours um, a night, I really recognized how much sleep was impacting me. Um, And I think that sleep is such a a huge issue in the ADHD community. And often the issue is not even sleep. It's getting to bed and just sort of stopping for the day. Um, You know, it's in, in people who are sleep deprived do not uh, self-assess how well or how poorly they are actually doing. Um, so it can sit, it can take some time to sort of get into that healthy sleep, uh, that sleep hygiene um, before you sort of begin to recognize uh, the, the difference of sort of your, your cognitive functioning. I know for me, the biggest difference that I can see when I'm sleeping well versus not sleeping well is I can see into the future. And what I mean by that, like I can realistically plan out. Um, weeks and even months ahead of time when I'm sleeping well. When I am not sleeping well, I could have a to-do list and I might not even look at it, right? So like it's, it's and, and I'm, because I obviously I do this all day long, I'm teaching this. So I'm very, very self-aware of my own sort of cognitive process when when I'm doing well and not doing well. And that is one of the, the biggest things that I see is that when I'm not sleeping, like my, like it's, I'm just functioning at such a profoundly lower level um, uh, than when I am. So it's, uh, it's probably a long winded answer, but I think that self care is such, it's just critical. It's, uh, you know, it's self care before productivity.
1: All right. So we're at the top of the hour.
0: Okay. So, uh, Nisha, as always, thank you, uh, for, for doing this with me. So if you see the replay on, on Facebook, please hit share, please hit like, we're probably going to be doing more of these, uh, on Facebook. Um, we are also, if uh, if you haven't noticed, um, we are, I'm doing more stuff on YouTube. Um, so I am posting more of the interviews, the weekly interviews on YouTube. Um, I'm still trying to figure out sort of my the workflow on there um, to get the, the, the time of, of sort of post-production down. But if you like this stuff, like, Definitely subscribe to to us on on YouTube. Um, we're going to be doing some some other things too, like posting clips of um, of the episodes. So so in addition to having some of the full length episodes, having just brief clips uh, for because I know that there are people who who have told me like you know, I love the idea of your podcast, but I can't pay attention to this for over an hour. And that's, that's fine. You know, not not everybody can. Right. And so um, the, the goal is to be able to provide this in a more in in multiple sort of ways that's that's accessible. Um, and one of the ways we do that is supported through um, through the coaching groups. Um, so definitely go to coachingrewired.com to learn more about our uh, next session. And at some point in the near future, well, I'm going to relook at our patreon page which is i've completely have ignored after setting it up a couple months ago uh we do want to be doing patreon as well so people who don't want to um who aren't wanting to or aren't able to uh make the investment in the coaching group want to you know give a little bit even a dollar a month to, to uh, support sort of what we're doing um that will certainly make it easier because right now i'm doing the, the video editing i would i would really like to be able to to uh um hire uh someone to do that for me as i do for the audio version of the podcast um because uh i'm about to state an intention of a goal for this upcoming year online course i don't know when but my goal is before the end of of this year you're going to see the rollout of an online course so uh for that to happen i need to free up more time uh in my day so um Thank you so much for, for joining us here live, uh, for watching the uh, this, the live stream or the replay on Facebook. And uh, for most of you who are listening to this uh, in your earbuds, on the podcast, thank you as always, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. This has been Eric Tibbers, and I want to thank you for listening, and congratulations. You made it to the end. ADHD Rewired is more than just a podcast. We are a community focused on learning, growing, and connection. The website is ADHDrewired.com. You can find additional summaries and resources for each episode. Learn more about the ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group and sign up for my email newsletter to get exclusive content you won't get Anywhere else. It's all at ADHDRewired.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Tivers. You want to see interviews with content not heard on the podcast? Subscribe to ADHD Rewired on YouTube. Don't just be a passive listener, be an active member of the community. Submit your request to join our free and growing community on Facebook watch your message inbox, you will get a message either from myself or Nisha Subramanian. Podcasts change lives. You can make a difference in someone's life by spreading the word about this podcast. Mention it in your online communities on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, or wherever you hang out online. And be sure to share it with your friends, family, and clients. If you're a member of Chad or any other ADHD support group, tell them about this show. You can even show them how to download it on their phone. And if you really love this particular episode, please hit share on your podcast player. I'm only one person and I count on you to help me spread the word and get this message out there. One of the biggest things that you really can do to support this podcast and help other people discover it is to leave an honest rating and a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Looking for more ways to listen and learn? Get a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial at Audible by going to audibletrial.com adhdrewired ADHD Rewired. Not sure where to start? You could start with Brene Brown's The Gifts of Imperfections or her six-hour recorded workshop, The Power of Vulnerability. If you've already listened to those, then you might want to move on to Daring Greatly or her most recent book, Rising Strong. This is Eric Tivers, and I want to leave you with a question. Do you stay up late to finish work so you only sleep for five hours and then the next day you have trouble focusing so you stay up late to finish work? If so, you might be in the ADHD productivity sleep cycle. Try this instead. Go to sleep. Get an accountability partner to check in with about your sleep time. Get more sleep. Get more done. Thanks for listening. Until next time.